Hello everyone, it is now 5pm on this Wednesday evening in Kingston and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share with me, please contact me via email, which is news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. It's Alexandra here. I hope that you're all doing well on this lovely Wednesday evening. I am coming to you from Mississauga, actually. I am not in Kingston at the moment doing this, um, as much as I would like to be, because I really do miss Kingston now that I'm not there anymore. Um, But I am on the airwaves again after a very long time, and I'm super excited to be back this summer with uh, my programming, my show, Today in YGK, um, which took me an embarrassingly long time to come up with. Um, (laughs) But um, for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Alexandra Fernandez, as you've probably heard three times by now. Um, I'm a Queen's University student. I'm going into my last year of the film and media program, as well as um, I'm also doing a music minor. Um, I have been working at CFRC for about a year now. I started, um, I was a summer contract staff last summer. I did news programming as well for four months. And then I was um, host of Indie Wake Up Call last semester from September to December. And then I ran the CFRC AMS referendum campaign um, from January to about March, April-ish, I want to say March. Um, So I've been pretty involved with the station and I'm really glad to be back now, um, even if it is not physically at the station, but even if I have to do it from home, it's a pretty cool experience. Um, So bear with me as I navigate... um, broadcasting from my lovely bedroom. (laughs) I hope that you're all doing well. It's great to be back, like I said. I'm super excited and I cannot wait to bring a bunch of interesting and cool content um, to CFRC this um, summer season. I'm super excited. Um, We have a lot of cool things um, in the works and um, a lot of awesome summer programming that um, we're all figuring out and stuff. So I am thrilled and I just really hope that my show can update you, keep you engaged even though we are in quarantine um, because there are a lot of things going on despite the fact that we're all inside and events may be cancelled, which I will obviously talk to you about um, each week, um, about things that you can do, things that you can look into just to keep yourselves busy, to make quarantine a little bit easier because that is essentially what I would like to do, just give you all a little bit of hope, a little bit of um, reassurance that there is still, there is still time. Everything is temporary and we're going to be okay. Um, So without further ado, let's um, get right into it. Going off of the whole quarantine COVID thing that I was rambling about, um, my show today is, well, based on COVID-19. So, um, 
So this past semester, a bunch of Queen's University students won an exchange, whether that was in Europe, Australia, um, etc. And today I have with me three Queen's students who were on exchange, but unfortunately, because of COVID-19, their experience was cut short. So first with me on air today, I have my friend Ashley. Um, she and I have been in the film program together since our first year. So welcome to CFRC 101.9 FM, Ash. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Ashley Cowie. I am a third year going into fourth year film and media student. Um, I'm from Toronto, Ontario. And yeah, I'm happy to be on the show. So thanks so much for having me, Alex. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your um, exchange program? Like, where did you end up deciding to go on exchange and why that um, specific place or school? So I ended up going on exchange at the University of Glasgow in Glasgow, Scotland. And the reason I chose Scotland is because it's my heritage. My My background is Scottish and my grandpa actually went to Glasgow to work um, in textiles when he was around my age and oh. make, um, yeah, fabrics and stuff. So I was like, you know what, carrying along the tradition. So, yeah, it was kind of a cool connection there. So did you go by yourself on exchange or did you um, go with a group of people and you kind of all planned to go to the same general area with friends or something like that? Um, well, I had the intention of going by myself. I didn't plan on, you know, coordinating with any other friends, but I actually ended up um, being put in the same placement as uh, one of my friends, Cassandra from Queens. Um, she's also in film, and Alex, you might know her as well. And then I also just knew people. It's, it's honestly such a small world because, uh, like, as, as the time went on, I started realizing, oh, my gosh, I know this person going, I know this person going. So I knew a, a couple people, but only a handful, and other than that, um, it was all new people to me. And jumping right into the main topic of conversation that I want to touch on, how far along were you in your studies before you had to come home back to Toronto due to COVID-19? So I arrived in Glasgow on January 6th. So I was there for about two and a half months before um, it started to kind of escalate the whole COVID-19 situation. It was about mid-March when um, we sort of realized, oh, this is, this is way more serious than we thought it is. And we mm -hmm. actually might not be able to stay here. Um, and it all just happened so fast, um, like over the span of a few days or even just like a day, it was changing hourly. Like there was just something new yeah. every hour. So um, I was there for about two and a half months, but I should have been there for five months. So it was about 50% of the time that I should have had there. Wow. That means it was cut really short. And did your semester start later? Because I know in Europe, typically, um, I had some friends who were on exchange in France and Italy and stuff like that. Their semester started a bit later, like in February. So did you get to do any traveling before or after the term began, or did you just jump right into school? I actually, Glasgow, their dates were really similar to a lot of the Canadian universities. So I didn't have a late start date. Like I know um, some friends who were, had school in Australia or New Zealand, their start dates were later on in the year. Mm -hmm. Or one of my housemates actually, my housemate was supposed to go to Germany and her school date was supposed to start in April. And she actually, a few weeks before she was supposed to leave and start her exchange experience, covid blew up and she wasn't able to go at all. Paige, you know Paige. Yeah, Paige Redmond. Oh, oh really? No way. <laughs> yeah. So my, my housemate Paige Redmond, um, 
she was supposed to go to Germany, um, but unfortunately everything blew up before she could she could go. So I oh. honestly looking yeah I know. So looking back on it, um, even though it was cut fifty percent short, I'm very lucky for the time that I had there. Um, yeah. For others who were you know venturing to Australia and only got to be there for two weeks and then had to turn right around yeah, and go and back that's home. Yeah, crazy because that's not a short trip either. Like, no. imagine, yeah. Yeah. So um, even though it sucks, the situation as a whole, I'm I'm still very grateful for the time that I had there. Yeah, totally. Did you go traveling a little bit at least? Any highlights that you can share with us maybe? Yeah, so um, I was lucky because a lot of people, we had a whole month off in April where I was planning on doing a lot of traveling and a lot mm-hmm. of people were saving their traveling for April oh. um, because there were no classes. And I was just like, you know what, I'm here. I might as well just venture around a little bit. So mm-hmm. I ended up um, traveling to Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Oh, nice. And um, I went to the south of uh, France. I went oh, to just outside yeah. Nice. Yeah, I visited my housemate was on exchange there. So I visited her there. And then I also went to Spain, um, Malaga in the south of Spain. So that was oh, nice. I got so to see. Nice. Yeah, I got to see a few places. But I felt badly. There were some people who I knew who just kind of stayed in Scotland and went on little day trips and were saving their big trips for April. Yeah. Um, and they didn't get to do that. Completely, yeah. Just kind of hoping to go on those trips. Yeah. But because everything happened so quickly, it just kind of gets taken away from you. Um, and what was the situation regarding COVID-19 like in Scotland during mid-March, early March? It's it's just crazy how everything happened so fast. And I feel like kind of a lot of people had a similar experience like that because um, it was around St. Patrick's Day when everything started to blow up in the UK. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember it was it wasn't really as intense in Canada at that point. It started blowing up in the UK um, way, way earlier than, or at least a bit earlier than it did in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I was actually supposed to go to Dublin for St. Patrick's Day um, and spend a weekend in Dublin um, and also go to Galway and whatever. I had this whole trip planned. And I remember um, kind of calling my friends um, the day the day before we were supposed to leave or a few days before we were supposed to leave and say, hey, like, I don't really know if we should be going because coronavirus is kind of ramping up and I don't know if it seems safe, especially St. Patrick's Day, everyone's in big crowds and it's just kind of like yeah, not the best situation to have when there's a pandemic or I don't even know if it was labeled a pandemic at that point. But anyway, I remember that day when we were talking about, oh, maybe we should go to Dublin, maybe we shouldn't. Later that day, so much information came out mm-hmm. that not only did we cancel our trip to Dublin, but we were looking for flights home. Like wow, it just yeah. happened so fast. Everything just blew up and um yeah, and then within the next week I was home. I can't even imagine what the travel experience must have been like coming back home to Toronto. I mean, traveling's already kind of stressful and just, you know, coming home amidst a global pandemic, I wouldn't even be able to comprehend that happening to me. What was it? like for you and what did isolation kind of feel like when you got back to Toronto um so it's actually crazy because when I booked my flight home um I believe it was on March 19th was my flight home Mm -hmm. and I booked it just under um a week in advance and a lot of my friends who hadn't even booked flights home booked their flights home after me 
four before me. So they were out of there like that. Like yeah. I was just kind of sitting around in Scotland, like really stressed because, you know, you want to take it in the last few days you're there. Yeah. But also like I was scared to go to the store. I was scared to go on like day trips. They were advising at that point in the UK, like stay home. Mm-hmm. And every single day like, Trudeau was coming out with new announcements like, um, Borders are closing. Uh, you need if you have symptoms, uh, then you will not be allowed to board the plane. So it was just like I remember falling asleep one night and I was having like heart pains because I was like I'm so stressed out right now. I just want to get home. I just want to be in my house. I just want to be with my family. Yeah. But um, sorry, I'm kind of rambling. I booked my flight for March 19th and it was a full flight. It was completely packed. It was with Air Transat um, and it was one of those massive planes. Mm-hmm. And it was only Canadian citizens on the plane. Um, okay. They checked your passport before you even checked in to make sure you were a Canadian citizen. Um, and I wasn't at this point. It wasn't mandatory to wear gloves or masks or anything. But yeah. so many people were wearing gloves and masks. I didn't wear anything because I was kind of like I didn't really have anything actually, and everything was sold up at the stores. So mm-hmm. I brought hand sanitizer. I wiped down my seat and everything before. Um, the plane took off, but I didn't have like PPE as they call it, um, mm-hmm. for personal protective equipment. Yeah. But um, in terms of actually on the flight, there was no flight attendant service. Um, we got on the plane and there was a lunch bag left on our chair. And um, I was actually in the last row of the plane. So I was sitting beside all of the flight attendants because there were flight attendants on the plane, mm-hmm. but they weren't serving yeah probably just for like safety reasons like they have to be there right yeah so um i was the last row sitting beside all of them and they were all it was kind of funny they were all like passengers they were watching netflix on their phones and um (laughs) you know eating snacks i was like this is so weird i'm sitting beside flight attendants but they're (laughs) acting like passengers right now yeah um but then i don't know i kind of have a funny story i don't know if this is appropriate But the guy sat beside, um, when we took off, he actually started playing a game on his iPad called Mm -hmm. Pandemic. Oh, my gosh. And it's where you stimulate a a virus. And he named the virus COVID-19 and originated it out of Wuhan, China, and was showing me his game. And I was like, this is way too close for comfort, man. Like, I get it's a game, but it's just hitting home too hard. Yeah, I have no idea how I would react to something like that. I was just like, uh uh-huh. Like, I have no I have no idea what to say right now, but uh, apparently that game kind of blew up, and it got a lot of downloads when the pandemic started happening because everyone was like, oh, this is like real life. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a funny thing that happened on the flight. That's crazy, but that's kind of similar to when COVID-19 blew up in Canada. And I remember seeing on Netflix, like Top 10, all that kind of stuff. People started watching all these shows that were simulating the situation that we were in right now. Like the show Pandemic, um, that movie with Matt Damon and it, Contagion. I'm guilty of that for sure. When I got (laughs) home, I started watching all that stuff. And I was like, this is dark, but also interesting at the same time. Definitely surreal. So even though you're home and back in the GTA, I'm assuming you're still enrolled at University of Glasgow and doing classes online there? For University of Glasgow and a lot of the schools in the UK, they give a spring break March. I'm going to say that again. Um, I'm sorry again because I just was tripping on my words completely. Um, So for a lot of the universities in the UK, 
they give a whole month off in April for spring break, and then they mm-hmm. hold exams in May. Okay. And so it really screwed up the whole exam because I don't know, um, at least at my university, I think a lot of universities in the U.K. as well, the exams are worth 50%, 60%. Like wow. They're heavily, heavily weighted. Mm-hmm. Um, and they usually, at, in courses in the U.K., only have about one or two assessments or three assessments that are really heavily weighted. So um, a lot of our marks depended on that final exam, and clearly they were canceled. Yeah. So um, there was only specific courses that actually had online exams um, or, like, an online take-home exam, and they just kind of um, made it all remote. Okay. Um, for obviously obvious reasons, but for me, I just had one exam. It got canceled. All the other marks that I had got boosted up, and the last two assessments I had were just written papers, and it just went all online. So that's what happened for me. I will say, when I got home, it kind of felt like Scotland was a dream because it just felt so surreal how fast everything happened. Yeah. Um. So it was kind of like that's just a different world that I just feel. Did that even happen? I don't know. Um, But I've kind of just adjusted to the life, staying inside, doing nothing really. (laughs) I feel that, yeah. Oh, and I have one last question for you. What's the first thing you're going to do or the first people that you're going to see once quarantine is over? I would have to say I miss my housemates dearly. We were supposed to reunite in actually Portugal slash Switzerland. We were supposed to go traveling um, in April all together as a house in Europe. And that didn't end up happening because for obvious reasons. But I miss them so, so much. Paige, Kelsey, Jill, miss them dearly. And I hope that when quarantine's over, we can head back to Kingston and get back to our usual nonsense (laughs) yeah for sure well thank you so much ashley for coming on the show this was so great to talk to you and catch up about all of this no Um, problem thank you for having me we're gonna take a little break we're gonna listen to some cool music and then we'll be right back for a second and third interview don't blame me for your wandering way in this land you played the game a thousand times, now you got the losing hand. Here's what it feels like. Try and keep your lover on the books. You try and make me promise not to touch, but why would I settle for a look? When it's right there for the taking.
That was Bruce Peninsula's Make a Sound off of their new album, No Earthly Sound, that was released not even a month ago, actually. Um, It's a really, really cool um, album featuring a lot of different sounds and musicians and instruments, so I'd highly recommend checking it out. Um, So without further ado, we're going to jump right into the second interview. Um, so with me, I have Drew Cohen. Um, he is a Queen's University student as well who was on exchange this past semester in Australia. Um, so let's welcome Drew onto the show. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. So um, well, I'm Drew and I'm in third year right now in commerce. After this going next year, I'll be in fourth year. Um, I applied through the Commerce Exchange program because they have their own in-depth program, which majority of commerce students end up going on in third year. And so we found out in February of 2019 where we were going, and we started planning basically immediately. So I was off to Brisbane, Australia. And so I got to Australia in early February, and the conditions just kept on getting worse and worse kind of worldwide. Mm -hmm. But nothing had really reached Australia. They were kind of behind the curve in like the the new number of new cases and they just they weren't as developed or prepared so what as as the climate of like Canada and Europe and the United States as everything in Asia as they all kept on worsening mm-hmm. Australia was still very lenient in what you were able to do and all the schools were still open in class in-person classes were still mandatory so it became difficult to decide whether or not to come home because at that point there was only an advisement it wasn't like a requirement and then I had to make the decision to come home because my health insurance at that point didn't cover if I were to get it based on the level the stage level in Australia Mm -hmm. so I had to come home because otherwise I was at risk of being stuck in Australia for indefinitely. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely an uneasy thought to think about. Um, So you said that you chose Australia as your exchange destination. Any specific reason why you went with Brisbane? Yeah, so for commerce, you really have to, you apply to 15 different schools, basically. So you're allowed to apply to up to 15 different schools and you depend based on if you're doing a full year exchange, fall semester, winter semester, 
and you can choose to put in as many or as few as you want. I knew I wanted to go somewhere with a high English English proficiency index because mm-hmm. that would just help mitigate one of the hardest aspects of culture shock for me, which is the language barrier. Um, so especially going to some places, for example, Thailand would be very difficult or yeah. um, in very a, a lot of European countries as well where their primary languages are different than English. So that was one of my main requirements. Another thing was was I really wanted to go somewhere where I could do where I can have experiences that were like outdoors experiences, but like warm outdoor experiences, if that makes sense. Yeah, I wanted to sure. go swimming and I wanted to go snorkeling and scuba diving and really just take advantage of being able to go across the world. So when I was going on exchange, I was like, what can really make this experience the best? And I was like, when mm-hmm. am I ever going to go to Australia? Realistically, yeah. you can never plan to fly across the other side of the world. So to live there for four months seemed like a dream. So it was, it was really just, it made sense to apply to Australia in my yeah, for, for me. Yeah, for sure. So when did you end up coming back home to Canada then? Yeah, so oh. I came home on March 24th. March 19th, sorry, March 19th. Okay. Is the day I came home. Um, yeah, so what was happened actually was I was on a surfing trip in Byron Bay, which is just like in it's south of Brisbane yeah and um on the surfing trip that's when like the government of Canada that's when Ontario first released their advisory saying Mm -hmm. that they recommend all Canadians not even just students just all Canadians in a foreign country to get home while they can yeah so at that point I then had to talk to my family and my friends and just try to figure out what I thought would be best based on what was going on in Canada because Realistically, this was a global pan. This is an ongoing global pandemic, and at mm-hmm. that point, we saw that the trend was that it was going to become a worldwide pandemic. So, for me to risk staying somewhere with the same likelihood of that area being infected wasn't smart. So, when mm-hmm. I spoke to my parents, we really had to figure out how to get me home because at that point, a lot of the commercial flights weren't flying. It was difficult to fly through California and Atlanta. And um, we were unable to get entrance into New Zealand or Japan. So it was really trying to find a flight. I ended up getting the only seat left for like, that full week to Toronto wow. from Brisbane. Yeah, that's not a short trip to take either. No, it is not. How far into your semester were you around the time that you had to come home? That's kind know- of the most ironic part of all of it. Because I think Australia starts their semester in February, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. My school started February 24th, Wow! which means that I'm technically still in school until June. Okay. The last day of classes is May 31st, and the exam period runs until June 19th. So the ironic part of going on exchanges, right now I'm actually in Kingston because I had to move, so I decided to quarantine myself in my Kingston home mm-hmm. for 14 days after moving. And I'm now at the school that I'm studying at, but I'm doing school in Australia. Yeah. So I'm doing exchange while I'm on exchange, and it's very weird. (laughs) I bet, yeah. And like you said, around the time you got there, the situation wasn't super serious in Australia, even when you were still there and stuff like that. But even though it was mild, did you feel some sense of panic and, like, immediate desire to get home? So the truth of the matter is is I actually, like, I have anxiety, and I love knowing stable plans. Like, Mm -hmm. even when I coordinate plans with my friends, I need to know what we're doing, where, like, when are we going? That's just... 
kind of a nuance about myself. So when I yeah. didn't know what my travel plans were going to be and I could kind of drop everything I was doing and pack up everything, make sure I was like disinfecting everything, figuring out what my flights would be, coordinating with my accommodation, my school, my the unit coordinators, figuring out all of that was just my state of panic because when you're so, when you get accustomed to doing a daily routine, especially somewhere so foreign, you don't expect to then have your full new world rocked upside down and have to right. drop everything and return to the status quo. Yeah. Um, so that was the real state of panic. I guess the most severe it ever really got was a couple of days before I had left, there was actually the other campus. So I went to the Queensland University of Technology, which is in the downtown of Brisbane. There's also mm-hmm. a, another school nearby called the University of Queensland. Those are like the more prominent schools in Brisbane for exchanges. Okay. And um, they had four cases at their school, but our school still hadn't had any. So they mm-hmm. had, the other school had switched to online for the upcoming week, and our school still hadn't. And right. then one okay. of the common nightclubs, probably similar to Kingston, is probably the Brass or Ale or one of like Ale Canteen, one of those. <laughs> yeah. They it actually came out that someone who was tested positive, like a student tested positive went out clubbing in Brisbane on a Friday night. And then after that, there was the four cases at UQ. So that all tied together with me needing to book flights quickly. And it it was, it was a panic mode to the whole, just the transition to, and the process of coming home was all around just panic mode. Yeah, completely. And that's what a lot of people have been saying and stuff. Um, And especially, you know, you coming all the way from Australia, like we said, it's really, really quite a big journey. And you must have had maybe a lot of layovers or transfers, you know, stopping in a new airport, new destination each time, whatever it may be. So what was that long journey like home? And what did self-isolation look like for you once you got back to Canada? It was all interesting. And the best thing I have is you really just have to put things into perspective because is it unfortunate that I was in Australia and now and then I'm forced to well not yeah pretty much forced to come home and self-isolate for 10 days yeah that's very unfortunate but let's look at the position of other people I'm not the only one in this position there was mm-hmm. a lot of other students that all had to come home and do the same thing as me there's a lot of people that are getting much more personally affected and financially, emotionally, physically with their families. They know people that have it. There's a lot more cases right now where people are not, I would say, even as lucky or as fortunate in these times that you really just have to put it all into perspective. So it was definitely an interesting experience traveling home. But even when I was on my flight, I got to speak to the people next to me. And one of them was doing, he was on exchange as well, but he was a teacher. So this was like okay. part of his research and it was he really needed to get this work experience done, but then he had to leave and he can't, I don't fully remember the story, but he was saying how to get one of like the degrees he wants for postgraduate like degrees, he needed to complete a certain amount of hours in this work. Mm. And now he's forced to come home. So his job is, it's not on hold or anything. He still has his job, but he's not able to like do that career advancement he wanted. And Right. So you, 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 you hear through other people what they're going through, and it just kind of makes you kind of feel a bit more at ease. But the isolation itself was just boring. I guess that's the only real word I have. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're confined to a room, nothing to do. I had school, and that was it. I, I was still in school. I'm still in school till June, so I was just doing my classes and watching Netflix. <laughs> Anything good you've recently seen or recommend for anyone? 
Well, I think everyone's already seen Tiger King at this point, but uh, if, if you haven't that, besides that, I don't know, the new Money Heist season came out. I'm a big fan of Money Heist. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things about it. A lot of people have been telling me to watch it. Um, moving on, you said earlier you're in commerce. Um, it's kind of a big thing to do an exchange program within the commerce program, um, within the commerce department. Um, I know I have a lot of friends in commerce and I just see it as like a recurring thing that like a lot of people in their like specifically in their third year do exchange um, through the commerce program. So would you take an opportunity to do it again or do you feel like your experience was a lot different um, compared to other people in your program because it was cut short? I think if I were offered to do it again next year, I probably wouldn't. And the reason for that being is just because I don't even know what anything will look like in a year from now. We have yeah, no clue what the global, like, like what foreign economies will look like, which places will be stable enough to hold tourism. The whole climate of travel is going to, like the whole industry is just going to be completely different after this. That That's such a big factor in exchange is the ability to travel. Mm-hmm. That it would be difficult for me to say right after this is all done to just start traveling again. I would be, me personally, I'm a bit cautious of traveling and like during this, so I would definitely be a bit worrisome to go right after. I wouldn't, I guess the best way to put it is I wouldn't discourage anyone who's thinking about going on exchange, especially soon, to do it. Personally, I think this was my time to go on exchange. It's unfortunate that it was cut short, but that was the opportunity I had. But if yeah. anyone's even considering it, 100% do it because it is a life-changing event. And it is probably one of the coolest experiences you could do. With a month and a half, I was in Australia. It was one of the best times ever. That's really good to hear, though, that you still had such an amazing time, even though your experience was cut short by a few months and stuff like that. But I'm really glad that it was still an amazing experience and that you don't regret it and all that kind of stuff, despite everything that kind of happened. Um, and on that note, in... In coming back and transitioning to, you know, doing schoolwork online in Kingston and all that kind of stuff, did the Commerce Department have any resources that were made available to you and what kind of role did they play in you coming back? A very vital one. So communication, we have something in the Goods Hall called the Center for International Management, the SIM, and they deal with all the outgoing exchange and incoming exchange students for the mm-hmm. commerce program. Um, and sp- more specifically, there's different ac- there's different exchange advisors that each cover kind of a region or area or specific countries. So I only really had direct contact with someone named Jacoba Franks. She's the head of ex- commerce exchange for Australia. They mm-hmm. were so helpful. She gave us her cell phone number if we need to call her for an emergency. She helped us. She helped talk to the departments at our home at the exchange institutions to figure out how to do our courses remotely if we were forced to come back to Canada. If they weren't offering us the courses, they would communicate to find a way to get the school to give us the courses or themselves. Um, And they were really just the the key thing they offered was information, Mm -hmm. and it was just consistent information. They were providing relevant information when it was appropriate, but weren't flooding our emails with like nonsense information that maybe wouldn't be relevant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like over, overall there, the center for national management really did a good job, like helping throughout this, especially I spoke to some of my friends and they all had to deal with this in as well. And they were all 
talking about positive experiences. It was a difficult time for, I think, them as well, because they now have to figure out, just as much as they're talking to the schools about getting us home, these schools are talking to Queens about getting their students home. Yeah. So right. it was it was quite an ongoing, I don't even know the right word, but there was the right appropriate word, but it was quite quite an ordeal, I guess that's the word. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to say or add about your experience? I think the only thing would just be for people that are going on exchange next year, like don't let, besides the factors that you can't control, still try to make the most of it. Because even if it doesn't get cut short, you're still only going to be on exchange for so long. That take, from now only being on in Australia for a month and a half, really live each moment on exchange up because anything can happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally anything can happen. You could be in 30-degree weather and then negative 5-degree weather in the span of a day and a half. <laughs> and also, if you are thinking about going on exchange and this kind of this pandemic led to you maybe having a lesser view of the exchange program or maybe you are uncomfortable with the situation, I would still recommend to research, see if you can find a way to be comfortable. If you can't, then obviously don't go too far to your comfort zone, but exchange is still very valuable. And I highly encourage anyone that's contemplating doing it to still do it regardless of this pandemic like after this pandemic I mean like after this pandemic's over still do exchange for now be safe yes (laughs) of course oh and I have one last question who is the first person that you want to see or first thing that you want to do once quarantine is done oh my god it's gotta be going to it's gonna be the summer hopefully so maybe going to Jay's game with uh, one of my friends from Toronto you know being able to go to a stadium with 50,000 other people (laughs) <laughs> might be the the best way to you know re-enter the scene yeah yeah that would be fun and ideal the ultimate summer excursion yep well thank you so much for being on cfrc 101.9 fm with me today drew i hope the rest of quarantine treats you well and i hope that you take care no problem thanks for having me yeah of course no worries um last but not least we have um, sabrina laurie with us here today as well sabrina is also a film student she and i've also known each other since first year and i'm really excited to talk to her about her experience because she did her exchange program in sweden which is kind of interesting because sweden is actually a country that's not on lockdown at the moment um despite having a significant i would say amount of covid19 cases um, so let's welcome Sabrina on to CFRC. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, um, I'm going into fourth year. So I was on exchange in my second semester of third year. And uh, I'm from just outside of Toronto. I study um, film and media. So where did you end up deciding to go on exchange and why did you choose that specific place or school? So my top six choices, the first four were um, schools in New Zealand. And then I chose, and then my fifth choice was um, a school in Sweden, Lund University, which is where I ended up. And then my sixth choice was a school in Ireland. so I didn't get my first choice, but I would have been happy with any of the choices um, that I 
got and then I when I got um offered a like a spot to attend Lund University I was still really happy about it because um I don't know there's like I thought it would be in like I was interested in like Scandinavian culture and I <laughs> have heard um like uh one of my sister's friends went to Lund University also and I've heard really great things about it um and it's in a student city which I like like Kingston I love living in a student city and yeah. there was just um so even though it wasn't my first choice um it was still I was still really happy with it and I've heard good things so that's kind of why I chose it even though your exchange experience was cut short did you get to experience like anything really cool and fun go traveling somewhere any highlights that you can maybe share with us and also how long were you in Sweden before you had to come back home I was there for two like around two months um okay and some of the highlights were just like um like schooling is very different there so um like the education system is very different than Canada mm-hmm. so it was really interesting to experience like um yeah it was very interesting to experience um something new um and it was a lot um it was very laid back and chill which was really it was like a nice break and you take less courses there at a time like you take two for the first study period and two for the second period so it's less stress than taking like five at a time yeah um so that was cool I also got to travel to a few I was lucky enough to travel to a couple places while I was there for the two months so that was really cool and another highlight was just meeting people from everywhere from different schools different provinces different countries and just like like and like even and also meeting the Swedes um <laughs> and I live with them <laughs> of course <laughs> um, but so yeah just like meeting so many different people experiencing yeah. new things traveling um so yeah those were some of the highlights so during early mid-March when COVID was ramping up all over the globe kind of what was the situation like in Sweden and what was running through your mind among amidst all of this well so when I don't remember I think I don't know if it was the end of February or the beginning or the first few days of March but we got an email saying the first um the first uh, Lund University student has has um, gotten the coronavirus so they oh, just wow. sent out an email so then but there was just like one person and they said he um, he went to the hospital but he it's not fatal like he's recovering like everything was going to be okay but like that was like even like so we knew this was happening and me and a couple friends like in February beginning of February like oh like we should probably just like we were like I wonder if this is gonna be a problem later on but we're like probably not like I don't think it's gonna reach all the way here like we really had no idea so we didn't think about it until the first student at Lund University got it and then like we were all starting to panic a little bit but like but we were like okay well that's just one student like let's just like see how things go and then like um and then also and it's 
also interesting that even now Sweden is still not on lockdown. Like it was never, um, there was never any like lockdown or rules. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so they're doing um, an interesting approach. Some A lot of people or countries aren't happy about it, some, but their citizens have a different view, but that's another that's another story. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I was actually um, on a week-long trip in Finland on an organized trip, and halfway through the trip, my American friend got an email saying she had to go home because um, all the American students had to go home. Mm-hmm. So that was really sad, but, like, the like there were Australians and, like, Canadians, other Canadians on the trip, and we were like, oh, that sucks, like, you have to leave. Um, and but we didn't think we were gonna leave, um, so that was really upsetting. But then, um, like two days later, when I was still on the trip, we got an email from Queen saying we don't have you don't have to come home, but like if you want to, like we'll support you. Um, okay. Like that email. So then I was like, okay, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait till I get ho- like back to my place in Lund and then I'll call my parents see what like is going on because like a lot of the like all the Americans were leaving but like nobody else was leaving yet um so then the literally an hour after I got back to my room I got another email from Queen saying like it's very strongly recommended you come home Mm -hmm. and then so I called my parents and like okay this is what's happening and then they're like yeah like let's book you a flight and I was like back home two days later so this was all happening when I was like not even in Sweden like it escalated so fast like that week like first week in Finland everything was okay I mean, first few days in Finland, then, like, at the end, everything just changed so drastically. Whoa, that sounds crazy, especially not being in, like, your host country during that time and not even worrying about having to get home, but having to get back to Sweden to go home, you know. Um, But what was the whole travel experience like when you were traveling back from Sweden to Toronto? Um, And I know afterwards you were in isolation for 14 days. Um, Can you kind of touch on that a little bit? Um, Well... So many people were booking flights, like, last minute, like, even after that, like, all the Canadians were going home. I think um, there are, I I still do know some people who are still there, but most people left that weekend or that later that week if they didn't. So, in order to fly out, like, like, Lund is a very small town, and there's no, like, international airport, so, but it's 40 minutes away from Copenhagen, so if you ever wanted to fly out somewhere, like, we would always go to Copenhagen, okay. but the weekend, so I got back um, from Finland on a Saturday, and on Saturday um, morning, the the borders of Denmark closed, like, they went on full lockdown mode. Oh, wow. So, um so some of my friends had to like literally just left that morning and stayed um book of book to flight Sunday stayed the night in Copenhagen so they were able to get out so I was not able to do that so I had to fly to got I, I had to train to Gothenburg and then I took a flight um like I went with someone else that I knew who was also going home. So we both took a, um, a train to Gothenburg and then from the airport, we had a connecting flight to Frankfurt and then we went back to Toronto. Um, but it was all last, like, yeah. So that was like just the next flight we found, like it was very, like very last minute. Um, 
And then, yeah, I self-isolated for 14 days. And then when I got back, it was just, um, like, not much different than, like, now, to be honest. But Mm -hmm. it was – and then, like, my classes, luckily, went online. Um, Even though they are not on lockdown, like, the high schools and the post-secondary went online. So I was able to continue um, my courses there online here. and then it was just like, yeah, not much different than now. Like I just self isolated, and even after that, I've just been doing schoolwork and um, social distancing since I've got in back. So I know you're still doing online classes, and what's the transition been like? And has Queens offered any resources that are available to you during this time? And have you taken advantage of any of them? Um. So I haven't. Um. I haven't really used any of, like, the academic resources um, from Queens, um, like, when I was doing online school, because I didn't didn't really find that I need them, like, um, yeah, like, my my, um, schoolwork wasn't that, um, uh, that demanding. Mm-hmm. And I did it, and, like, I could do it, like, on my own time. Like, they gave us, like, I, I just, it, like, it was very manageable for me. Um, even though actually working is a whole different story because, um, like, I prefer to work in the library, but obviously I can't do that. So that was the only thing that, like, um, was a problem. But also, um, and, like, teachers are understanding, like, I like because of the time difference like I had to give a presentation at like 4 a.m my time because it was like a group presentation so were so lectures in real time for you so one of my um one of my classes has live lectures um but one of them didn't because I'm only I was only taking two for the second right. class but um and so those live lectures um it was I attended, but there weren't that many. It was like, it was like I think I attended three in total. Like it wasn't like a couple times a week or every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other one wasn't, but the, the I only had to do the presentation. But because like like someone in my group, like a few people were still in Sweden, and one person was in Japan, like the time difference wouldn't have worked for anyone. So right. I and I just got assigned for it. Like so I'm like whatever. It's one time like it's fine like so that was fine because I only had to do it once and then my other class um like one on the last lecture it was earlier so usually they were at 7 a.m my time which is like more manageable than 4 a.m but um the last one I asked her if it was okay that I missed it because I didn't think it was that like um important and then my teacher was like, yeah, for sure, no problem. So that was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that the resource that Queens, um, like when they said they would help pay for the flight home because they were really expensive because they were like last minute. Yeah, so um, the prices were. Yeah, so they'll, they um, were paying like people back for that, which was really helpful and was really good. So good. that's a good resource. Well, thanks for that, Sabrina. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add or that you want to say? I guess, even though it got cut short, like, I'm happy I got to experience a little bit of exchange. 
um, even though it caught, um, it, it was a lot shorter than I expected. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, thankful for that and mm, basically just praying that we can all go back um, to school in, in the fall. <laughs> yeah, you, you and me both. Um, oh, I have one last question for you. What's the first thing that you want to do or first person you want to see after quarantine is done? Oh, good question. Um, either see, I think I just basically see family and friends, like mm-hmm. maybe even just if it's hanging out with them, like at their house or whatever, nothing like special, just because like even that, like we haven't done that in so long. Yeah. So probably that. Yeah, for sure. It's like the little things like that that matter, you know? Well, thank you so much for joining me on CFRC, Sabrina. Thanks for having me. Of course. It was great chatting with you. I'll talk to you later, okay? Bye-bye. I hope that you folks enjoyed that segment on hearing what it was like for some Queen students to be away on exchange during a global pandemic and having to rush home and having that whole experience cut short. I hope that the rest of the week treats all of you folks well. Don't forget, it's the May long weekend, which I'm sure none of you have forgotten. Hopefully the sunshine stays for the weekend like it did today so we can have a nice socially distanced barbecue, perhaps, of those in our households, some music, cold drinks. That would definitely, definitely cure the quarantine blues, I would say. Um, As much as we can't have fireworks this time around, hopefully everyone can find some other fun ways to enjoy the long weekend even if the past two months have felt like a very, very long weekend. Um, I'm going to end off with this fun track called I Stop Believing by Moon King. It's a fun um, bop, and I hope it just pumps you up a little bit. Um, If there's any local news to share, um, if you have any virtual events happening, please, please be sure to send myself um, an email at news at cfrc.ca. Um, Thanks for tuning in, everyone, to my first show. I really appreciate it. And don't forget, I'll be back on air every Wednesday, 5 p.m. this summer season. And I hope that you have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM, also accessible online at www.cfrc.ca, your campus community radio station. Have a lovely rest of your Wednesday.